Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Run for the Song podcast. Hello, everybody. Today, this is another episode of Drum for the Song. And today's guest is Matty Roberts, which is a good uh, digital online friend of mine that I've made recently. And he runs another set of drummer interviews, and it's called North Wales Drum Promotions. And if you like my show, you're definitely going to like his show. So this is a way that I can help Matt produce, uh, promote his show. Uh, he's had some amazing, amazing guests that I know you'll be interested in. So how are you today, Matty? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I was just painting my fence about a half hour ago, and I uh, I set an alarm for 30 minutes before this interview is about to start, and then I'm going to go and finish it off later on, hopefully. But generally good, and I'm, I'm really happy to finally get you on. I know we've talked about it for a few weeks now. Um, and yeah, I'm still enjoying the show. I need to catch up on a lot of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really great to see someone doing it with such a great attitude and kind of like quite, I like, I quite like your relaxed manner, which I think a lot of people like about my show is kind of chilled out. And I think that really kind of helps you as a listener. So um, thank you for that. And thanks for doing such a great job. Ah, oh, well, that's very kind. You know, it's, um, it, it's very nice of you to say, and and I think I have a similar delivery to you, as you've just said. It's very relaxed, and I think if you start off relaxed, and I don't know about you, I don't really have questions in mind when I when I, I write bullet points, and then you know the conversation goes where it goes. But if you're relaxed, I think somebody's more inclined to feel comfortable and open up a little bit more about you know about whatever whatever we're talking about. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. I, I kind of make bullet points. I don't always stick to them, but it, it just hmm. prompts me if I'm like, uh, what was I going to say? And, you know, some guests are, are more prone to elaborate on things than others. Um, most of my guests have been great, so I, I can't complain at all. I've had some amazing guests. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a strict interview list of questions as such. But, um, yeah, kind of what we normally start, how we normally start is kind of asking about your history with the drums. Mm. Cause I don't personally know a hell of a lot about you or your history with the drummer I'm, with drums. I've never seen you play drums uh, or anything like that. So can you kind of briefly summarize how you first got into the drums to, to today, I suppose, where you've been yeah, playing sure. in that time. Sure. Well, I, I started off, I was, I don't know if it's considered young or old these days. Uh, I think I was about 11 when I started and I know exactly when I when it was that like that thunderbolt kind of thing, and it was Live Aid for me. I was on holiday with my parents in Butlins in Puthelli, and it was a baking hot Saturday, and I did not leave the TV from midday to midnight. I even watched as much of the Philadelphia one as I could, and it was drummers. Like, I remember watching Steve White. Um, uh, obviously, he was he was a young guy. You know, he's seventeen or eighteen at that point. Uh, Roger Taylor, uh, Quo, and I thought, this is, I want to do this, you know? And um, so from then on, uh, I 
I said to my dad, you know, I want to play drums. My dad's a brass player. Cool. Oh, no, no, you, you, you want to play brass? I said, no, no, it's not. And he said, well, look, I'll, I'll get you a book. So he bought me the premier drum book, and I remember, and uh, he said, when you can play the last page, I'll get you a kit. So I studied this book, and, and I taught myself to read, and I had a little practice pad, and, and it was about 12 months later. He said, right, play the back page. I played it, and to his, you know, he stuck to his word the day after – I got an old Rogers R360 kit. So that was the first kit. And then, nice, nice. And then from then on, joined, uh, I, I, I don't look it anymore, but I used to have the hair <laughs> almost to match yours. And, um, and I was into the heavier end of things. My, my old headmaster as well in primary school, he took me to see Judas Priest when I was 11. What? Uh, so that was my first. Yeah, you'd, you wouldn't get away with that anymore. No. And, and he took me to see, oh gosh, Thunder, oh, so many bands. And, um, he he got me into playing a, with a little band with some friends of his, playing some Nazareth stuff oh. and all kinds of quo tunes. And then I joined a metal band and and drums has been a, it's been work ever since really, you know, I've done, uh, I'd like to say I still do the heavy stuff, but I teach a lot as well. I do a lot of teaching um, for, for, for two local counties. I um, I put clinics on as well. I've put clinics on for the last three years. Because up in North Wales, we don't get um, we don't get much in the way of anything really. So I, I've I've threatened for a long time to put some clinics on, and uh, somebody said, "Well, go on then, do it." So I thought, right, okay, well, I'll do. It. So I put Steve White on, and we had for the first ever one. I think it was a Tuesday evening in December, which is a, a bad time of the month, but time of the year to do it. And we had about 120 people in for Whitey, and it was a great night. And then. It's carried on from there. And then uh, drumming-wise, gigging-wise at the moment, I don't tend to do too – well, nobody's doing too no. much at the moment. <laughs> but um, I uh, – because I'm very much a reader and I like playing with click tracks and I, I don't really do the rock stuff anymore, my last tour was with a uh, fellow Welshman uh, – probably most people won't be expecting this name – was Ridian. Do you remember? Remember Ridian from X Factor with the blonde hair? I do, actually, yeah. So yeah, you were playing so drums I for him? Yes, oh, that's wow. been it. I've done 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 quite a lot with Ridian over the years, and um, so that's it's been a fun. It's fun, you know. You uh, there's no rehearsal. You turn up, you read it, you go home, and it's it's always a good band as well. Um, very different from what you do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd like I'd like to say I, I I could do that as well, but these days I'm not so sure, you know. But um, oh, well, I don't know. But that, I, I get so I, sorry. I, I I used I get so used to playing with Click these days. I, I think I doubt my own. Uh, sense of time these days if I wasn't with a click track you know I would have thought though because you're used to playing to a click I think if you were with our one you'd probably be really steady I think I, I'd hope so but yeah. I, I'll be honest I think I'd be a little bit nervous about it because it's like having a it's like having a safety net isn't it you know it's yeah. there if I've you never, know you can play with it yeah it's, it's cool I've never <laughs> played uh, apart from the odds I've done a few covers gig where few of the tracks were on click because there was a backing track involved sure but otherwise i've never played a, a live show to a click and i would be really uncomfortable in that position because i've never <laughs> done it i'm sure i would get used to it um and i've obviously done a lot of studio work to clicks and i'm comfortable playing practicing to clicks but playing live with one is something i've not done i've yeah it, i kind of i've never been in those kind of bands i i suppose that they've all been fairly rock and roll-esque yeah. bands that need the movement if you know what Absolutely, i mean yeah sometimes you need that kind of movement away from 
a rigid tempo but um that's interesting uh, I, I had no idea you'd done that with ridian as well that's pretty cool yeah it's it's you know it's a fun gig and, and people think oh gosh it's just classical and it, it's not just classical stuff with him i mean uh in the past we've done he's opened up with um an elbow song um we've had a bit of ed sheeran in there i bet ed sheeran has not been mentioned on your show yet has he but um uh, you know no no, <laughs> no sorry i've spoiled it now no he has um, but but you know he gets into the rock stuff as well. It's not just it's not just classical stuff. I mean I haven't done anything for a long time with him. He doesn't do so much these days. But um, yeah, but it keeps keeps me busy and um, yeah, a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching. So that's good. So when you mentioned the teaching, do you mean you teach at schools or do people come to you or do you go to them or? Yeah, I teach in schools. I do about two or three days a week in schools, and I teach privately as well. I have about. Um, I don't know about ten or twelve a week that come to me, nice. which, is, which nice. is which is pretty good in my little uh, my little lair here, which kind of uh, you can see all my books there. Just to yeah, <laughs> so, this, so, that's, so that's where you teach. That's the kit you teach on. It is, yeah. I have an, an electric kit as well, and a smaller kit for 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 little ones as well. So it's quite yeah. a little nice little space to be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it's one thing I I I did dabble in some teaching when I came out of university a long time ago, mm. um, it it was just a couple of hours a week. And it was at the time where like, I really need a proper job. I need to start earning money. And then I started working. I don't know how familiar you are with, with Cardiff. I used to work at the Cranes music shop in yes, Cardiff. I know exactly where you mean. So yeah, I used to, it's not there anymore, unfortunately, yes. but I, I kind of started working there part-time and the, I was doing the teaching job. It was like one afternoon a week. And then even though per hour, the teaching job would pay me more, it was kind of like, well, I'm churning down a full day's work at Cranes by doing that. So I had to kind of choose that. And then I never went back to it. I always said I would. Um, I'm not like, like you, it sounds like you're obviously very good on the reading side of things. I was never really brought up that way. Never Mm. really studied it enough that because I can read drum music. Like I'm not like, I can't, I wouldn't say I'd be comfortable sight reading anything off the top. I'm, I'm not that experienced, um, sadly. I'm, I know it's a really useful technique to, to have. Um, but yeah, I think that's one, one of the reasons why I haven't jumped into going back into it, despite many people telling me, you should teach. You'd be a great mm. teacher, all this stuff. And you've got the right attitude for teaching and all this. But it's like, well, I just, I just need to knuckle up on my reading side of things really before i comfortably go back into it but uh that's great to know that you have so many students and I'm yeah sure but the re- the reading's not everything you know and it's oh. not for everyone as well it, it's it's kind of the thing that it's the avenue i went down and i find it it's bizarre but i won't do if it's if it's a non-reading gig i generally won't do it because i don't want the hassle of having to rehearse and learn loads of stuff and Oh, so I, I I think it's laziness. You know, it's a tool I've got so used to using. Yeah, I don't want to work without it now, which is, it is lazy. I'm going to be honest. I'm a lazy drummer. I really am. <laughs> I enjoy the playing. I enjoy the gig. And I enjoy a bit of the pressure of opening those parts up, not knowing quite what you're going to get. And then it's like, oh, here we yeah. go. Let's try I, it. Oh, that, that'd give me so much anxiety. <laughs> I think I think I like I, even though yeah it takes a lot more time to kind of turn up at rehearsal even if you're doing a depth gig like mm. I've I've done depth work and I've never been that confident or comfortable because I know I don't need like in the normal bands I play in I know everything off by heart 
I most cases I wrote the song, I wrote the drum parts. It's a completely different situation to throw yourself in. And I, you know, I, I'd like to do more of it because the more I do, I'm sure the more comfortable and confident I would be at at doing it. Um, But I guess there's so many other people, people ask and they, they probably know I'm not the, the the go-to guy for that gig, even though I kind of would like to put my foot into it a little bit more. Um, yeah. dip my toes into it I think that's the <laughs> I think that's the correct uh, yeah. term but yeah you know you never know what the future will hold but it's been an interesting I mean up until three years ago I was working I worked for eight years for Yamaha for Yamaha music schools and I did a thing called I was the drum presenter for the UK which meant I would anywhere where there's a Yamaha music school in the UK I would go and promote drums promote Yamaha promote everything but after eight years, it was getting a little bit tiring, you know, traveling. Mm. I was over in Belfast, Dublin, as far north as Inverness, everywhere, t- t- twice a week. And I, and I just thought great experiences, you know, and it, give, it gave me a, a great confidence talking in front of people. Um, so that's another little thing which, uh, which was nice, you know, and it was a yeah. nice, nice, nice job to have. Nice little job. And yeah, I'm sure it set you up a little bit for what you do now talking yeah. to famous drummers on camera and putting mm. it on the internet, which is again, a, a thing I've talked about that I was not comfortable with at all. When I started, <laughs> I didn't have any confidence with, I just kind of thought I'll just do it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I guess I built up working at cranes. There was a lot of customer interaction and stuff. And, you know, I guess that probably helped a little bit, but in terms of speaking on stage or, with a microphone or to an audience, it's not something I'd done because I'm I'm just I'm normally sat behind the drum kit hiding away. Exactly, without... we sat behind tons mm. of gear, aren't we? Generally, yeah. and and it's like a little uh, like a little safety barrier, isn't it? You know, we don't have to. That's how. That's honestly how I feel, and yeah. I can. People think I'm really confident because I'm like rocking out, but I'm just I just know I'm hidden away behind the drums, and the other guys have the microphones. I don't have to speak to anyone. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> and I just do my thing, but. Uh, yeah, this is, that's a cool job, and I, I guess you've got to know, because I, I guess I've technically worked in the music industry, like musical instrument industry. Mm. You get to know contacts from different brands and artist relations and artists. I guess you were maybe, even though you work for Yamaha, I, I'm sure you cross paths with so many different people that work for all the other companies, which probably helps you today. I'm assuming obtain yeah. some of these great contacts. Um, Absolutely. You know, and you meet some good people, some good friends along the way as well, as, as, as you know, um, mm. I mean, it was mainly around school. So I, I, I didn't see that many people f- from, from Yamaha side of things, apart okay. from the people who, who, you know, who, who booked me in for these, these shows and things, but uh yeah, I've met some great people over the years, you know, and I've, I've been invited to some great things. Um, I mean, Yamaha Music Schools have lots of teachers and they have training days and they'll bring in guest drummers to do maybe a training day for the teachers. Uh, Steve White, it was the first time I met Steve White, actually. It was, oh gosh, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago, I think. And um, brilliant. Just, you know, seasoned pro. Yeah, yeah. Who's literally done everything uh, and has loads to offer um these these guys you know like myself and, and the other the other ladies and gents who teach so um yeah yeah absolutely good. i'd love to get steve on my show one day so I'll, i think he's on my wish list that i'm gradually getting through which is great but um yeah, yeah that'd be nice to get him on i'm sure my listeners would like to hear what totally. he said but he's, he's been on your show right 
he has and he i was lucky he he was um uh there was a few uh he's been on as a guest but i i had him as co-host on uh, i think it was three shows as well oh, wow. um i know steve uh is a massive slade fan real massive slade fan um i think the first song he ever bought or single he ever bought was a slade single his first dance at his wedding with as a slade song and I said, look, I've got Don Powell from Slade. Uh, I said, how do you fancy doing a co-host? And he jumped up, jumped at it. And I said, look, you take the lead. I'll just sort of loiter in the background. Huh? And it was great. We had Don on and um, Don is a, it likes to talk. And we'd been on for 45 minutes and uh, we realized we'd only got to 1972. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was kind of. I tell you what, should we should we end it here and maybe do a part two? So he did the part two with me, and he he was brilliant. You know, Steve was enjoying it. Dom was great. Um, and then um, I know back in oh gosh, early nineties, Steve did a tour uh, filling in for his brother Alan with Oasis uh, with uh, the Black Crows, right? And a band right. called Space Hog. So he, be uh, Steve, became good friends with Steve Gorman, the drummer from the Black Crows. So I, I managed to get Steve on as a guest, and uh, Steve was 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 co-host again. So because they know each other well, it was really really cool, you know. So so yeah, Steve's been really helpful with me. So um, it's been great, fantastic. Well, make sure you you uh, I I know some of those names have been mentioned by some of my listeners, so they should go mm. and check out your show if they if they want to hear those guys talk about themselves. And um, yeah, great. Um, yeah, so you mentioned you were influenced by some of the heavy rock stuff. Is there yeah. any other kind of bands or guilty pleasures that you have or anything <laughs> like that? Guilty pleasures. Um, do you know what? I, I In the 80s, I got into the hair metal thing in a big way. And I think, is that classed as a guilty pleasure? I don't know. I think it... To some people, maybe. But I think, yeah. I think it's, it's coming back around now. The, that 80s. It is stuff is the i've seen brand new bands come out and i think it's an 80s band and i go and check on oh, they they started two years ago and it, it's yeah, exactly yeah. the same sound as, as that kind of sound is yeah. coming so it's really popular again totally i mean i wouldn't say i was influenced by it, it seems ironic talking about hair metal when mm. anyway <laughs> but um yeah I, I i used to love motley crew early motley crew stuff like that you know which was fair it's still fairly heavy let's be honest yeah. oh yeah uh, I, I remember when appetite for destruction came out it's just like wow you know guns and roses that was so that is probably my guilty pleasure ish um but i i i, I just love i i listen to so much stuff and the thing i that, that today i and I, I look back and and sort of shake my head a little bit uh when i was around in the 80s I used to dismiss anything that was pop music, anything. It was like, nope, I can't listen to that. And now I listen back at things like, I'm sorry to mention the name of this on your show, on your rather heavy show, but I listen to Wham, right? And then I listen to how good the musicians are playing it. And I feel a bit guilty for just dismissing it. And uh, yeah. I've had lots of the guys on who have played on these records. And I've admitted, I've said, look, hands up. I, I used to just, just dismiss everything you did. And now I think, Wow, that was some serious quality. You know, in these days where everything is sampled and 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 digital, to have those guys play that, wow, yeah, yeah, I can imagine actually. And I've never, I've always been a fan of, you know, some forms of pop. I've always tried to keep an eye on what's going on with it. Um, maybe the last few years, I've kind of lost track a little bit. I guess mainly because 
I'm listening to less radio now because it's mm. all podcasts and playlists and Spotify. Yeah. Whereas when I used to drive my car, it, it wouldn't be uncommon for me just to stick radio one on because I was just to keep an eye on what's kind of current, what's in the charts and some, th- yeah. some songs I really like or some artists. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty nice. And I show that to my wife mm. or whatever, but yeah, I have, I've definitely lost touch a little bit, but um, I've been to a few big pop live gigs over the years. And, one in particular that I thought was amazing was Taylor Swift. All right. And the, the live musician she had with her um, mm. was, was incredible. Um, and she's as poppy as they come, you know, in terms of, just, you know, little girls <laughs> love Taylor Swift. That's kind of the, the demographic to be fair, but the musicianship yeah. is still incredible. Um, sure, sure. She's a musician herself, which I maybe, maybe, maybe she, that's why she promotes the kind of live band thing more than maybe other part pop artists that kind of maybe would rather shell out for a load of dancers yeah. and have a backing track than have a live band. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So yeah, yeah. you should never and, dismiss pop just because it's pop music, because yeah. there's some good music there to be found. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, re- I, I, I regret it. Mm. I really do. And I mean that I think, yeah. Oh man, what an idiot. What, what did I know? Nothing. And, you yeah, know. Back then, you know, like you mentioned some of the absolutely classic era of music then uh, mm. it's difficult for me because i look back at it retrospectively i was only born in 86 so i kind of missed that and i was brought up with 90s stuff but yeah sure. luckily the 90s is even though the, the cheesy pop stuff there was some terrible music i think a lot of it is coming back around again now and people are realizing it was actually quite good i don't know cool. i don't know whatever but um yeah, let's, let's, let's kind of go back to your show then, really, and start kind of talking about the show. When you when you decided, I presume it was maybe something to do with the COVID outbreak that maybe prompted you to start, maybe like me, or yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I I was um, my I'd, I'd been I'd be teaching and gigging and you know doing the, and of course that kind of went by the wayside because. Well, as everybody, everything closed down. I, I managed to keep clo- um, teaching via Zoom. That's cool. So I kind of got my head around the technology a little bit. So that prompted me to think, well, okay, well, maybe I could do something, you know. Um, I have my Facebook page. The North Wales Drum Promotions was was purely drum clinics. So I thought, well, I'll keep try and keep the interest on there by maybe doing one or two interviews. That was all I thought I was going to do. So I started off with guys that uh, I'd – had done clinics for me and then because I thought well they'll know hopefully know I'm genuine and and I got that and then and then you, you can't it's like a bug isn't it you kind of mm. get into it and you, it's a buzz when you're going to release a um a new episode and yeah it's great it's sort of grown and grown and grown um and I, I'm I'm happy about that you know it's a good it's a, yeah. it's a it's a good thing. Uh, it becomes a challenge to see who you can get. You know, you keep going bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's like, well, how far can we go with this? Well, I think you, start, you started pretty big, I, I find, and it was very when I first discovered. I'm trying to think what the first one that I discovered. It might have been Nico. It might have been that right. One. Oh yeah, that that was a fairly in grand scheme that was fairly recent. I think Nico McBrain was. I think it was February time when when, when I oh, interviewed really? Nico. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe not that. It might maybe be. I don't know. But I, I remember that was the first one I, I enti- watched in, in its entirety. Um, yeah. And I think it was on YouTube because I know you've got them on audio as well right now. So yes, people, people I, I have them on. on uh, I have them on Spotify and uh, um, Apple Podcasts as okay. well. 
that's what most people so, use to be honest. Yeah, so that's all you yeah. need. But yeah, so sure. um I think at the time it was I think it was just YouTube at the time, maybe. I don't know. Um and a lot of people have been saying, Oh, get Nico on your show. And I'm like it's not as easy. I, like, I can't just mm. click my fingers no. and get the drum of Iron Maiden on my podcast. Some people are uh, some people are just out of reach, aren't they? And, and I was very lucky. And, and I don't mind saying how I've um, come about some of these guests because I, I, I never, if somebody's helped me out, I will never keep that secret because I think they deserve the, the respect and gratitude for doing it for me. I interviewed um, a drummer who I have loved for years since, since I can remember listening to music, and that's Simon Kirk of Free and Bad Company. Nice. And... Uh, I thought I really want to interview Simon, so I found some details for his website on online, and then uh, I it was all management details. There was no direct contact, as you can imagine. Hmm. And I, I sent the email to the uh, management, thinking, oh, "Here we go. This will just go straight into the trash. You know, it won't." And I explained what I did, and the next morning I got a lovely email from Simon himself saying, "I'd like to do it. Let's do it tomorrow." Oh wow! wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we did it and it was great and he was brilliant. Um, I think he enjoyed himself. You know, it was uh, really good. And at the end, he said, look, I, I like your approach. I like the, it's nice and relaxed. I'd got some questions from uh, some drummers who I'd previously interviewed who I knew were fans of Simon. I got questions from Steve White, Steve Gorman, and um, a good friend of mine. I, 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 do you know the band Anvil? Yeah. Yeah, well, Rob Rob Ryan is a good mate of mine, the, the drummer from Anvil. Oh, we, wow. we we have some some uh, we keep contact quite a lot, and oh. and I know he's a massive Simon Kirk fan, so he gave me a few questions, and I think he liked the fact that I've gone to the effort to get some questions from from his peers. You know, anyway, at the end he said, "Oh, I I really like what you do. Can I help?" Oh, nice. And I didn't really know what he meant, and I I just said, "Well, thanks, yeah," and 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 we you know ended the the call. And the next morning, I had um, emails from Simon Phillips, um, Chad Smith, and I think it was Nick Mason and Liberty DeVito the very next day. So, you know, what? Simon says that you should, uh, we should talk. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Nick Mason emailed you. Yeah. Car Carmine Apiece as well was another yeah. one. Um, and <laughs> it, I, I, it felt like a bit of a sick joke at first. I thought, this can't be right. Um, but Nick, the, the funny, the funny one with Nick, I, I sent him a message back and said, you know, I said, Nick, this is like beyond uh, a pleasure, you know, thanks so much. And he sent one back saying, um, look, I don't really like doing emails. C can we, can we do text instead? He said, give us your number and I'll just text you. So I, I don't mind saying I still have the text message from Nick Mason on my phone, but wow. I don't think I'll ever delete that one. No, no. So yeah, that's, that's Simon Kirk for you. He, he. You know, uh, just a, a legend. Yeah, uh, you know you can't. So I always make sure whenever it's one that he's fixed. First thing I do, thanks to Simon for you know, it's got to be done, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, they don't come any more legendary than him, and he's helping a nobody like me out, which is just great. So uh, it's a, bit, a bit harsh on yourself, eh? There's obviously in the grand scheme of things, I'm a yeah. nobody. It's fine. I'm yeah. under no illusions. Don't worry. <laughs> Hi, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Drum for the Song. I just wanted to briefly interrupt the interview to tell you about my Patreon page, which is a place where you can support the podcast and, of course, support myself. 
you can um, sign up to one of the three tiers on there. There's one that's £3 a month, one that is £5 a month, and one that is £10 a month. There are loads and loads of exclusive benefits to signing up, including bonus episodes, merch discounts, Christmas card for myself. Um, if you sign up to the top tier, I'll send you a pair of my drumsticks. Um, loads of other stuff. So go check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash drum for the song. And um, another way you could support me if you're interested, if you're not bothered about the Patreon thing, if you go to my official website, drumforthesong.com, you can send a donation via PayPal. So, um, yeah, thanks for watching this and enjoy the rest of the show. Drum for the Song podcast. But, but yeah, but people like the show and obviously it's, like you say, it's growing and yeah. it's only growing because people like it. P- people are choosing to follow you and subscribe to your channel because they like it. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I think I like it. I hope so. Cause that's what, that's how I justify it <laughs> <laughs> to myself. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure you're probably noticing you get more views per episode gradually now compared to when you yeah. started. And I guess that that's just, that's just showing that it is growing. It is, it's a slow, hard grinding process. I found it is. Um, sometimes you'll have an episode coming out with like a megastar drummer mm. and it doesn't get as many views as you think. And that's due down to algorithms, maybe not working the way you want them to, or maybe they don't push it. Whereas other drummers do push it for you as well on their channels or, or one particular drummer, it isn't on social media, but even though he's a big name, he doesn't have social media or. Yeah, that's tough. Or, yeah. Or, 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 he, or he just uses Twitter and doesn't use Facebook yeah. and Instagram and, you know, things like that. You're limiting sure. how many people are going to find them. Um, yeah. And I, I noticed you do the same as me. You, you kind of plug yourselves on some of the drumming groups, community sure. groups. And some of the, I thought as soon as I started joining them, oh, they still be easy. No, there's a hundred thousand drummers in this group. And then it only allows like, 50 people to see it maybe i don't know and then you got like five likes and you're like oh this is the drummer from black sabbath you know yeah and it's just weird how it works i think it's facebook kind of just i know they don't want people to go away from facebook so if you've got a link or you're telling them to go and check something out they just kind of restrict yeah the, the the reach unfortunately and it's something that i've never broken through i've tried a few sponsored ads they never really worked for me um yeah, so it's one thing that that you must feel the same as me. Is it's really totally. yeah, fairly kind of heartbreaking, and it feels <laughs> like it's something just pushing. It's, it's it's not allowing you to kind of break through. To kind of obviously, I'm not expecting to be the most popular podcast, you know, in music. But like, it'd be nice, be nice. to be. In, <laughs> it'd be nice to be, you know, in the top hundred or something, you know. Of course. But it's, yeah, it's just it's really difficult. And maybe there's other ways of marketing it. Um, the problem is, I see a lot of. I I think to me they look like kind of spammy accounts that are trying to sell you some marketing. Yes. Promote your podcast, blah 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 blah. Pay us this amount of money, we'll guarantee you this. I'm like, well, I've I've never risked. I've never taken the risk and kind of spoken nope. to one of those people. Because it me just either. seems like a scam to me. But maybe there is some legit people out there that can help um, promote and market it properly through the proper channels. And mm. I don't know. I don't know. But, but you know, wh- whichever way, uh, I always think this is kind of a legacy that will always be there, but both to me and to the to the people who I've spoken to, you know? Um, Absolutely. 
I try and keep it. I will talk to anybody really. I don't uh, I don't stick to genres. I know you've had a lot of the rock and metal guys. I, I have as well, but I'll try and, um, for example, the one I think it was last weekend was um, Depeche Mode's drummer, cool. uh, Christian Eigner, who I looked on YouTube and I, I seriously, I could not find an interview that he's done anywhere. I looked on podcasts. I couldn't find one. And um, I have to say that another friend of mine, great British drummer, um, touring drummer, Steve Barney, he's a good friend of mine, and he's helped me out with a lot of his friends as well. He said, oh, I'll see what I can do. And uh, nice, nice. he's had he's managed to get me Woody from Madness, Christian Eigner, uh, Brooks Wackerman, he, he got for me. He toured with Brooks back in, I think it was 94 or 96 with when he was with suicidal tendencies. So, oh, wow. yeah. you know, I, I've had, I have had help from, from people uh, as well as doing a lot of work on, on my own, you know, trying to uh, just trying to, trying to find my way as it were, but they're there forever, aren't they? You know, yeah. and, and eventually they're going to get, I don't know about you, but you'll, 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 you'll see how many views they've had and then you'll, you'll go, oh, okay, not many. And you'll go back in a few weeks time and you're like, Wow, <laughs> where did that come from? You know, yeah. Sometimes I get surprised. Um, yeah, if it's not ones that, that I've been plugging recently, and some someone's discovered them somewhere, and I mm. guess yeah, it's, it's it's remarkable. And like you said, if if it's a drummer that hasn't done many interviews or any at all, yeah, I guess they're probably more likely if the fans of the band cotton onto it, they it's going to be like a bigger deal, yeah, than a guy who maybe does a Facebook live every week and has done sure. interviews for the last 30 years quite openly and, and this stuff yeah. everywhere, I guess there's less of a, less of a big deal then. There's, um, no, there's nothing left to say, is there? Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of hoping someone might find yours before they've discovered all the other ones. But yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess that's part of the art of making the conversation a little bit different or getting something new out of it. Yeah. Or, I, and I guess that's what I'm working on. Every week I do it. You know, I've never had any of this training and journalism. It's something that, you know, I'm <laughs> not a journalist. Like, no, uh, no, no. No way. No. And, and I'm sure you're not either. But um, yeah, it's just conversational and it's good fun. But um, so you've, you've obviously met, you've just mentioned some some of the guests you've had already. What are there, are there any particular stories that kind of stand out to you <laughs> that you were kind of wowed by or, or, um, or, or this, funny stories this, or anything like that? There's one, and it involves. It was with Chad Smith, and I, I have to say, when I interviewed Chad, I, that's the, the probably the only time I've been nervous. Um, you know, when you um, when you send the Zoom link and you're waiting, and it says Chad Smith has entered the room, and you're thinking, uh, "It's really going to be Chad Smith," and, <laughs> and um, he he uh, and the next thing it was obviously him, and I mentioned about Simon Kirk. Um, <laughs> and he said, "Oh, Simon's a, he said, he's a great guy. He said, I've had to go out for dinner with him, and we did a. He said I did a double drum off thing with him, and uh, so I, I came away. He said it was with, and and he said, you know, I kind of play quite a loud drummer, quite loud. And I said, quite yeah, loud. yeah, I get that. And he said, um, he said, I don't know what the song was. He said, but some, somebody asked Simon Kirk at the end of the thing, what's it like playing double drums with Chad? And excuse the language in this, and he went." Playing drums with Chad Smith is like trying to piss up the Niagara Falls. <laughs> That's what it's like, which I I, uh, I just thought was was That's was hilarious. great. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but some of the one of the <laughs> one of my favorite interviews was uh, with Tommy Clafetus. Uh, oh, Tommy, 
obviously when Bill Ward had health problems and, and what have you, he he did he played for Black Sabbath, did the final farewell tour and everything. Uh great drummer. And again, Tommy doesn't do interviews apart from two or three minute interviews for maybe I can't remember who is uh who supplies his drum heads, but Evans or Remo, he would do something just to, you know, a short promotion. And um Again, Steve Barney came through on this one. He said, look, I'll get, get you Tommy. And uh, he was great. And he spoke in depth about um, about about COVID. And he said, you know, to- as touring drummer, he said, we- we're, we're prepared for this. He said, because when the tour stops, the money stops. He said, we don't all play for the Foo Fighters or ACDC where the money keeps rolling in. He said, we... You know, we, we learn to, he said, my wife's not buying Gucci bags. She's not doing that. He said, we, we have to buy the essentials. And he was great. He spoke wow. so much sense. He was, he was fantastic. He really was. Um, yeah, I, I, really think I, I watched cool. that one. He seemed really yeah, open just, and just cool. Yeah. And he looked cool as well. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's super cool, isn't he? I mean, yeah. the, the, the opening, uh, the opening line from, from him on that one, I will, I, I'm not going to repeat it because I don't know who's watching this, but um, if if you do watch, it's worth watching for the opening five seconds for what he says to me. I don't know if you can remember what he said, Dane, but I said, I, I said, nice of you to do this. And I'm not going to say it because no. I don't know. I don't okay. want to swear on your podcast, but uh, it's funny. I nearly fell off my stool. This very one here, just hysterical. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. Rem- I can't exactly remember, but I remember it being quite comical. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah and, I'll and go check it out. Said, You're going to edit that out, right? I said nope, <laughs> and I left it in. And, <laughs> uh, it's some great, just just amazing stuff over the years. You know, um, I interviewed um, Woody, the drummer from Madness, and he he was great. And uh, I said, you know, a lot of your influences are sort of very rock, John Bonham, Ian Pace. Uh, and I said, there's not much two-tone slash scar in And he went, I don't like that sort of music. <laughs> and I just thought, you, you play for madness. He went, yeah, no, I don't really, I wouldn't listen to it though. And what? I just thought, that, that's brilliant. I love it, you know, when you get things like that. So, yeah. That's class, uh, yeah. No, great, that's some great stories there. And there's a lot, there's hours and hours of entertainment for people to delve into yeah. if they're yeah. into this kind of stuff, which they must be if they're listening to this. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be happy if five, if five people watch this, Dane. I'll be happy. That's a success uh, in my hopefully. I'm sure it'll be more than that, hopefully. But um, yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, I think basically, yeah. So obviously, you're on YouTube. I know you're on YouTube. You've you've got yeah. your Facebook page. You kind of do everything from there. Yeah. Um. So North Wales Drum Promotions on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, the actual the actual um uh, interview thing is percussion discussion. I call it right. Um, Ironically, we're nearly fifty episodes in, and I haven't had a percussionist on. I have, I have had a percussionist, but I think he's number fifty-two or fifty-three, so he'll be out Ooh, in the coming uh, in in the coming weeks. But um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's it's good. But we're on we're on Instagram, Twitter, and all the usual uh, things as well. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's good. 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 Um, go back to when you mentioned about workshops, because I haven't been to many workshops. So. Mm. From the ones I've been to, they've always been in a drum store. Presumably, yeah. there's no drum store. Are there any drum stores in North Wales? Uh, no. The nearest drum store to me is Drum One in Manchester, believe it or not. Nick ah, McBain right. and, um, and Craig Buckley's place, yeah. yeah I'd love to so go there. That is the near. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's worth it just to go and see Nico's kit, which is, there's always a kit from a particular tour setup, so it's worth, yeah. uh, worth having a look for that. 
So, yeah, that's the nearest one to me, believe it or not, which is quite sad. But there we are. That's, that is um, sad, yeah. So what, what I was going to say was, where do you host the, the workshops? The clinics and things. I, I There's a there's a local venue. Uh, well, it's, it's a hotel, actually, called the Springfield Hotel. And I went along and I said, look, um, <laughs> I was quite careful how I described it because when you say you've got a famous drummer coming along, you're going to put a big PA in, staging, lighting, you know, it's not for everybody, is it? So, uh, mm. but the manager was great. And he said, yeah, look, we can do this. I said, it'll be on a, a midweek Tuesday or a Wednesday, um, you know, and then because it's a hotel, we, we're on a tight curfew. So the music has to be done by 9.30. You can do all the meet and greet stuff after, you know, but, and he said, look, there's no charge. I won't charge you for the room. Uh, wow. we'll, we'll have the bar food if people want to eat. Uh, so we've got a great arrangement going there and I've done, I think it's five or six now, um, which have been all well attended. I, it's, I'm really lucky. I get um, I get a really solid core of people who support everything I do. It could be it could be Ian Matthews from Kasabian. They'll come to that. Uh, there was um, a, a drummer from America called Steve Lyman who was doing a very small clinic tour. Uh, an amazing drummer, incredible drummer, but unfortunately over here he's just not known. Um, so I took a chance and I said, look, you know, let's do it. But you have to do a masterclass first to make it worthwhile and we get sell extra tickets. And it's great they supported that. Oh, great. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky, really. Um, Very lucky, in fact. So that's where I do it. And I've gone on to do actual masterclasses. Uh, like Whitey came up and did one for two groups of 20 people um, for two hours at a time. And it's really good. People go away, they're buzzing. You know, they've sat for 20 minutes in front of a a legendary drummer who's answered the questions and helped them with all sorts of technical stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I like to think I'm doing a little bit of good in the area, you know, and it's, absolutely. Uh, it sounds like, I don't know what they do without you. If there's drummers around, there's no one else. Well, so, you know, I guess someone needs to organize those kind of events um, um, to make them happen. It's always, it's always a risk. I think there's always yeah. an element of risk, you know, you can always, um, I don't aim to, to make, well, I'd like to say I aim to make money. I don't often do it. As long as I break even, then that's cool. You know, I don't mind. Mm. Don't mind it too much. So uh, yeah, yeah, there's always the risk that you might lose. You know, hundred quid yeah. or something, and then you you it must question takes the shine off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I guess where yeah. I live, where I live, like I'm about thirty minutes out of Cardiff, more yeah. kind of valleys. Um, but like, there's always been stuff like that going on. Not that I've ever been to many. I have been to a few clinics, um, mm. some amazing ones, Bernie Greb, Jojo Mayer. And yeah. Lo- 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 like, because they, they kind of do the rounds and there's always one of the big Cardiff shops has always had sure. them. Uh, obviously, we've got like, uh, we've got Drum Depot yeah. in Cardiff and Drummer's On, which is another great shop. Um, so it it must be... Th- for the drummers who live up kind of your, where exactly in North Wales are you anyway? I didn't I, I live uh, not far from Prestatin. So right. I'm right. As I'm looking out of my window here, I can see I can see the sea if you like. Oh, uh, nice, down. nice. So it's uh, yeah, I've got an, it's it's nice. Uh, but we don't have. And that's the difficulty because there's no drum shops. I don't have any uh, any pull from uh, from drum companies or cymbal companies or anything. Uh, yeah. So, uh, You've got to fund it all say, yourself. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, when I put Ian Matthews on British Drum Company, were amazing with me. They don't. I think I was the first person they've trusted to use their name and put on two of their drummers in a show that they haven't organized. Uh, Keith 
uh, put a lot of trust in me on that one nice. and it was a, a huge success so it was um it was really was it was brilliant and they brought along some of their snare drums and some stands and made it look really cool you know and it was it was great it was really good so excellent i've never i've still never hit or heard a british drum company drum <laughs> in <sighs> in the flesh and they, yeah they do look do look in you know in the videos they sound very nice in videos yeah i've never been in a room with a kit or anything um you should but, honestly <laughs> you know I, i'm pretty happy i'm really happy with what i play but um yeah, one of, of those companies uh, that you look at and you're like oh that's nice so i can see why all these drummers are going <laughs> to that company and it, yeah a lot of my past guests even if they weren't with them then and with them now um, Russell Gilbrook was one, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was one, yeah. Um, yeah. Nigel from Saxons with him now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Mark Richardson, Mike Heaton. Loads. Them. Yeah, loads. And I think there's a couple of others, but yeah. It's Nick nice. Nico as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I, he hasn't been on my show, but uh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not yet. But that was, that was one interesting story that I thought was interesting from your episode with Nico um, when you asked him. Well, I don't know if you specifically asked him, but he talked about why he moved from Sona or Sono, Sono or whatever. Um, and I ended up going to British drum company. So that's a really good story. If anyone wants to go and check that, that out. Um, the rest of the interview is great as well. Nico's a bundle of joy, as you would imagine. Oh, he told me he had 25 minutes to spare. Um, and I, I said, that's great, Nico. I said, I'm, I'm grateful for whatever you've got. I think it was an hour and 25 minutes. I think he missed the doctor's <laughs> appointment because of that. he lost track of time insane yeah, he enjoyed it yeah you could tell he was enjoying just talking to yeah. someone about the industry and drums and stuff you yeah. could tell he was having a good time and he was it, i think so. i think those are the interviews that for the from from a listening perspective because i do listen to a lot of podcasts as well i do yeah and the the ones i enjoy when you can just tell that the guest is having fun and in and enjoying yeah. the conversation it's not just work or that because some i guess some people think oh, i, I got to do this for my profile or or my record label wants me to do this uh, or whatever. And you can tell oh, they're not really enjoying it. But um, yeah, I think that's what, that's what we've got to try and get out with the guest. And it is hard. It's, it's, sometimes I've succeeded. Sometimes I feel like maybe not, but Same. mostly. Same. Yeah, but great. There's um, nothing, worse, nothing worse than one word answers. It's like, oh no. <laughs> I know. You, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad actually. Um, what I normally do I only we only organized this very recently. Um, I've got like a Patreon page and my top tier patrons always get to ask my guests a question. Yeah. So I, I only posted about this interview yesterday, but I had one through this morning from uh, one of my patrons, Dean Monaghan, who's in the United States of America. Cool. Um, and he's always gone on to me about this guy. And I can't, I can never pronounce his surname because... I don't know if I'm slightly dyslexic or something. Have you ever asked Vinny Kaliuta? I don't know. I don't think that's who you say. Kaliuta, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, have you yeah. have you have you been have you ever tried getting him on your show? Because I know he really wants to hear an interview with him, and I I haven't um, tried myself. I I I haven't, and, and and I'll be honest, I'd be really nervous having him on because he's done every he's done everything, hasn't he? And yeah. And he's so incredible. And I wonder, would my questions be good enough? Do you know, does that make sense? I would, yeah. I would work. And I've loved the stuff. I mean, Vinny, I mean, you know, from Sting to Megadeth to Frank Zappa, I mean, 
you know, that's you don't get any more uh, extreme than that, do you? That this, there's no. everything in there. And I know I've got friends who know Vinny very well who've toured with him, but I couldn't ask them to. I don't know. I'd feel really uncomfortable asking somebody mm. to. I know I've got ways in, but I don't know. Steve Gadd is the same. I, I, I've got friends who are friends with him, and I, I'm just, ooh. Be, <laughs> you know? I, I agree. I think I would be, I would be slightly intimidated yeah. by the fact that can I, am I even worthy of being able to talk to these guys? And you know, am I going to sound intelligent enough? Am yeah. I fresh? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, am I, am I really going to be? feel worthy and interesting to them with the knowledge and experience and how good a player those guys are. Yeah. I have nothing in common with that myself. Whereas if I'm interviewing a guy in even an amazing player in a touring like rock band, at least I'm in a touring rock band. I've got something similar. that got stuff in common. Yeah. Yeah. We've got stuff in common and yeah, but like people like Vinny, yeah, yeah, he's like you said, he's played for Megadeth. Um, obviously tours the world and has done. Like I've listened to his show, he's got his own show. I don't know if you've yes. heard that. His pod, and yes, I have. Um, is it like breakfast with Vinny or something like that? Or lunch with Vinny, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And um, yeah, I can't remember which book. Yeah, but he goes on, you know, he just talks on his own. And like I could, mm. I've tried doing that for bonus episodes and I'm not comfortable doing that at all. <laughs> um, but he makes it really interesting. Yeah. And um, he's obviously got a good old brain <laughs> it, well, yes. to, to play with the stuff he does. He obviously is brain. Oh, it's, it's insane, isn't yeah, it? You know, absolutely. And, 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 and I, I often, um, I often kind of worry about how common I sound when I'm talking oh, compared I, when you get somebody like Nick Mason on, who's very public school boy, you think, Oh dear, listen to me now. <laughs> well, I, it's one thing I find interesting because I haven't spent a lot of time in North Wales. Mm. I understand there's obviously a, a North and South different, a massive difference sure. in accents. And, and but like your accent isn't what I would typically associate being a North Walian accent. Is it because yeah. do you speak Welsh? I speak a little bit of Welsh. But you're not, but it's not like first language Welsh. Like no, a lot no, of- I can I can speak a few words further in. If you go 20 miles down or 20 miles in, then there's a lot of people fluent. Um, But part of my accent, I think if I look, I'm looking out over the water now, if I look slightly right, I'm looking over Liverpool and Mm -hmm. Wirral. So I think there's a little bit of that that creeps in as well. I think. Yeah. I I can't really put my finger on it, but you can definitely Mm -hmm. hear like a a Northern twinge, which I I kind of understand because I, I remember when back in the day I played in Wrexham. I don't know how yeah. close you are to Wrexham, but like uh, half an hour. I think there you go. And then uh, everyone I st- I talked to, I was like, oh, they, they've got like a like a Scouser kind of yeah. twinge. Like you yeah. don't quite have that. I don't. In, in my opinion, it doesn't quite sound like like what I'm sure. picturing there. But um, yeah, I guess it's really interesting. I think, like you said, twenty minutes down the road. It's completely different again, and it, I guess it's totally. similar down here in the south with, with yeah. with Cardiff. You've got Newport, and you've got like Ronda Valleys, and then you've got yeah. kind of Neath Swansea. Everyone's has different accents within like an, an hour's circumference. Yeah, of course, it's crazy. Course. It's crazy, and obviously the same in England as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I think the, the I guess the larger countries 
like the United States, there's obviously different accents, but they're probably yeah. a bit more widespread. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah, a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's cool. And um, right, uh, I, I'm going to ask you my quick fire round now. So it's ten questions. Oh. I've been, I've been, I've added this in about ten episodes ago. So go sure. just so people can get to know you a little bit more. So answer yeah. as quick as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, hot or cold weather? Hot. Daytime or nighttime? Daytime. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Guitar or bass? Bass. Nylon or wood tip drumsticks? <laughs> wood tip. <laughs> <laughs> John Bonham or Neil Peart? John Bonham. Yeah. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. Clear or coated drumheads? Coated. Big or small venue? Wow, I've only ever played small ones for small. <laughs> you must have done some fairly large well, ones with Ridian. Well, I don't know. What uh, I'm, when I say small, I'm thinking of like toilet circuit, dingy rock club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Favorite time signature to play? Oh, it's got to be good old 4 4, hasn't it? Got to be. Nice cool. and easy. Great, great, great. And, um, the other thing now, we have to end the, the show, as I always do. If you could create your own dream band mm. with yourself on drums, yeah, with and the other members can be dead or alive, playing the other instruments, who would you choose to be Damn in a band with? me. Who would I choose? I would love to be in a band with Randy Rhodes on guitar, which is a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? That's pretty good. Um Limey, who would I pick for bass? I wasn't ready for this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who would I? Oh, I'll put Steve Harris on bass. There we go. Nice. And maybe stick Malcolm Young on rhythm guitar. I think he can manage the job. He's, Do I have to find a vocalist as well? Yeah, yeah, of course. Be Dio. Oh. Yeah, it's not a bad lineup, that is it? That's pretty good. Nice metal band. Yeah, Great. yeah. See, there's my influences coming through there. You see, that's pretty cool. So. That's pretty cool. And it's good that I know who they all are because sometimes, yeah, yeah, some of my guests have mentioned people. I'm like, I don't know who that is, and I have to ask, <laughs> and it's quite embarrassing. But um, no, great. Um, I've really enjoyed this, so thanks for taking the time. I know you're really busy. Um, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to your next few guests. I believe you've got your 50th episode coming soon, which is incredible. Yeah. So congratulations for Thanks, reaching Dave. that amount of episodes because it's a lot of work. It um, is. It's a lot of time and a lot of effort goes into everyone. So, and I know more than most. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, congratulations for that. And um, I can't wait to see who you've got on the horizon, you know, in the next year or so. Um, hopefully you'll, you'll find time to, Keep it, keep them going, even when the world yeah. kind of returns to normal. Um, yeah, as much as so. as much as you can. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so just a reminder to everyone to, to check out. Yes, percussion discussion or North Wales drum promotions. Search them online, um, and you'll be able to find it. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, yeah, absolutely great. So, cheers, Matty. Thank you very much, mate. It's, it's thanks for having me on as well. It's really kind oh, of you. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Nice to meet you, and uh, we'll see each other in person, hopefully, uh, when the Bastard Sons return to the road. 
Buckley Tivoli, hopefully in November. That's the that's the that's my local venue. So that's the that's the fingers crossed for that one. Great, great. I'll see you there. Good hopefully. man. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Dane. Cheers. No worries. Bye bye. Drum for the Song Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drum for the Song Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please consider liking the video and subscribing if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you could leave me a review or comment, that would be fantastic too, as it helps other people discover this show. Please also consider sharing this with any family members or friends who might enjoy the content. You can also follow me on social media at Dane underscore drums or at Drum for the Song or search for Drum for the Song on Facebook to follow the page and join the official Facebook group. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could purchase some merchandise from drumforthesong.com or consider supporting me via Patreon from just £3 per month for additional exclusive content like bonus episodes video calls with myself, competitions, discounts, and much more. Any additional support is always greatly appreciated, but I would like to give extra special thanks to my top-tier Groove Master patrons, whose names are listed in the description below. My name is Dane Campbell, and thanks so much for watching or listening this far. If you're a drummer, don't forget to drum for the song! <laughs>